Well, hello everybody and welcome back to the All Saints podcast. Lent is approaching middle of February, the 14th of February, the season of Lent begins. And I therefore wanted to say a word or two about this season, about how uh, I think we should understand it. And particularly what I want to talk about today is the subject of fasting for Lent. Fasting is obviously the the total or normally partial abstinence from food or some drinks for a period of time as an act of devotion to the Lord. And it's worth saying a word or two about what this practice is and what scripture says about it in general before I talk about the issue of fasting for Lent particularly. Scripture commends fasting in multiple places. It's true that there are times when the prophets of Israel castigate the Israelite people for their meaningless fasts because their hearts are far from the Lord. But at the same time, there are occasions when the great saints of old fasted uh, and the Lord acted mightily to deliver them. Think of David, the people in the days of Ezra and Nehemiah during the return to the land. Um, Even Ahab, fasted and the Lord answered his prayer. Wicked King Ahab, when he fasted and prayed, the Lord heard his prayer. There are numerous other examples. There are examples of corporate fasts being called for on particular occasions. Think of the prophet Joel in particular. Declare a fast, call a sacred assembly and so on. And of course Jesus himself speaks to his disciples about fasting and he says when you fast etc etc and gives them directions about how to do so so not making a big outward fuss about you know ashes on the head and all that kind of thing but um, oil on your head he says uh, and so that people won't know you're fasting because echoing the uh, undertone of the Old Testament prophets it is the heart of fasting which if fasting is to be is to avail anything before the Lord it's the heart that Uh, is involved in it, which the Lord sees. So how should we understand this uh, act of devotion? Again, there's a great deal that could be said here, but I think perhaps one of the best ways of understanding it is it's a way of expressing with our bodies and in our bodily experience the grief that we feel about a particular situation. The, The fasts that... Uh, God seems to commend and certainly the fasts that are answered in, in, with positive responses to prayer in the Old Testament seem to be those on which there's a particular crisis which uh, the righteous among the people of God or perhaps a righteous leader among the people of God responds to by prayer and fasting and it's as though the fasting is a bodily echo of the sense that is being expressed in the words of the prayer that this is not right. There's something deeply, deeply wrong with the world. Um, The prayer reflects that. Um, For example, like in Joel 2, the the people of Israel have strayed far from the Lord and are coming under his judgment in the form of foreign army, which is depicted as being so terrible, it's like a plague of locusts. All is not right with the world. And so the fast of the people of Israel to which they're called would be a way of saying with their bodies and feeling subjectively this angst and anguish and pain that echoes the angst and anguish and pain that is expressed verbally in their prayers. So uh, it's true. Scripture commends fasting. 
the scripture anticipates, it seems, that the people of God and individuals within the people of God will fast from time to time. And I think that's how it should be understood as a kind of bodily correlate to our verbal and mental prayers. That said, I want to raise a couple of questions about the practice of fasting during Lent specifically. You will know that in some Christian traditions, uh, it's especially Catholic traditions, Roman Catholic traditions, um, it's quite common to fast for the whole period of Lent and abstain from, not all food obviously, but um, to abstain from uh, rich food perhaps, um, uh, sticking to simple food, abstaining from meat and alcohol and uh, sweets and candies and those kinds of things. Um, and different Roman Catholics have different traditions in regard to this, and some Protestants also have that, this kind of practice, either for the whole of Lent or for part of Lent, to, uh, to abstain from certain foods, uh, or maybe even on one day, Good Friday, to abstain from uh, all foods, um, or uh, to fast more intensely and only eat the very basics. Now, a couple of basic and obvious things. Uh, obviously you wouldn't want to be abstaining from water and you wouldn't want to be abstaining from basic nourishment for any length of time that would cause bodily harm. Um, That would be just stupid, frankly. It would be a way of not honouring the body God's given us. Uh, But I want to say some more things by way of caution about the practice of long-term fasts of this kind. In the Old Testament scriptures... There was only one regular annual fast in the liturgical calendar of the Old Testament people of God. Uh, it was the uh, Day of Atonement, of course, where the whole people of God were called to fast and afflict themselves. In contrast with that, there are dozens and dozens of feast days under the Old Covenant. And so what we mustn't do is somehow give ourselves the impression that uh, we are people of fasting and it makes me somewhat nervous uh, frankly uh, about instituting a church-wide Lenten fast. It would be slightly odd wouldn't it if with the coming of the Messiah we moved from a period in which there's one fast day a year enshrined in the liturgical calendar in contrast to the scores or uh, of feast days to a time when there's 40 fast days enshrined in the calendar. Uh, That would be very odd indeed. Um, Indeed, if you think about Jesus' conversations with his contemporaries, it was not the righteous among the people of Israel who fasted twice a week. It was the ungodly leaders of Israel whom he castigated for that. And if you look more closely then at the actual Old Testament evidence for fasts which are specifically commended apart from the Day of Atonement, you start to see why. It seems to me that the Old Testament commends two kinds of fast. The first is the one day a year fast when you've got uh, the whole people of God are commended commended to fast on the Day of Atonement. And then there are particular fasts that are called for particular reasons. Either an individual person would fast and pray like King Ahab, or rarely, and it really is quite rare, the whole people will be called to fast in the face of a particular crisis of some kind, like in Joel chapter 2. In other words, it's not the case, it's not the case that in the Old Testament, or indeed at any time in Scripture, you have the institution of 
church-wide annual fasts lasting for many days. That would be a mistake, it seems to me. And I think for that reason, I'm inclined to say, my own view of the the medieval, uh, the Roman Catholic, and in the background, the medieval Catholic practice of fasting for the whole of Lent. Um, at the very least, that reflects a potential misreading of the biblical weight of the Scripture's teaching. Now, I'm not saying that you wouldn't choose to fast on particular days. I'm not saying that you might not, as an individual, choose to fast on a number of days during Lent. But I'm just concerned a little bit about the emphasis that that would import and certainly in my view it will be a mistake for the church as a church body to initiate a church-wide fasting period as part of our liturgical calendar so that's first kind of caution I want to issue for you uh, the second is if you do the math and look at the 40 days of Lent you see that those 40 days don't include the Sundays <laughs> just do the math from the the beginning of Lent to the end of Lent. I won't try and do it in my head now, but you can do it. You can sit down with a calendar and work out how many days there are in Lent. It adds up to 40, if and only if you exclude the Sundays. And that's a very important um, uh, historical development in the life of the church. For all that um, some traditions in the church, I think, probably have gone beyond Scripture or even in a slightly unscriptural direction in instituting a church-wide fast, uh, during the whole of Lent. There are no traditions in the church where Lent includes the Sundays. And the reason is, of course, that the resurrection trumps any liturgically instantiated ground for fasting. Even if we thought it was right and necessary to fast, um, and even if we thought that, you know, as for me and my house, we'll do this and we'll do it every year, we wouldn't do it on the Lord's Day. And we wouldn't do it on the Lord's Day even in Lent, because the resurrection of Jesus trumps those other fasts. Again, this is found in our Protestant tradition, where there are actually many examples of godly ministers, um, and I I know of these because of the ministerial biography tradition, which if you're a pastor, you you delve into that at various points. There are many faithful and godly post-Reformation ministers who used to fast regularly as part of their piety. And Like I said, I'm not wanting to call that into question. I am wanting to point out its potential pitfalls, as I've done, but None of them, none of them fasted on the Lord's Day. And so those caveats in mind... So let me tell you what I would um, not want to say, this is what I suggest. Uh, I genuinely think this is a matter of Christian liberty. And the last thing I want to do is to impose any kind of expectation on anybody. But it's been the practice of my family and me in the past to... Uh, fast to a degree, and the degree has varied, on Good Friday. Uh, the one day in the year where we remember and mark the climactic fulfilment of the Day of Atonement, which of course is the fast day in the Old Covenant. Um, that fasting has never been total abstinence from food and water. Uh, when our children were young, it was as much bread and butter as you can eat as you want to eat and water to drink and Nicole and I in different ways at different times have uh, abstained uh, to that degree or to a little more and I think a case can be made for seeking to honour the balance of scripture by fasting in that way I don't think that case is 
watertight or bomb-proof to the point where I'd want to impose it on anybody. Let me say with absolute and ambiguous clarity, uh, if you don't want to fast on Good Friday or if you don't want to fast on any other day, I think you are quite within your right biblically to follow whatever practice you want. Now, I want to say more about the dangers of fasting too much than fasting too little. But if you wanted to know what we have done, Uh, recognizing this is absolutely not something that we want to uh, impose on the church absolutely not something we want to set up as an expectation or a a kind of church-wide way of marking this time of year my family and I have uh, most years fasted to some degree on Good Friday and have taken that opportunity of experiencing a really quite tiny degree of bodily affliction to call to mind Uh, in a more, let's say, intense and focused way the suffering and death of our Lord Jesus Christ for us, the fulfilment of the Old Covenant fast day, the Day of Atonement. Now, uh, this podcast will be going out about a week before Lent, and so I hope it will give you plenty of time to think about what you're planning to do. And I would urge you, if you were planning some kind of big-style, big-time fast during the whole of Lent, I'd urge you at least to reconsider that and perhaps to give me a call. I, I think there may be a misplaced biblical balance there. Um, if you were planning on doing nothing for Lent, that's absolutely fine. I don't want anybody to feel that this podcast is designed to create the expectation that we suddenly all adopt our own little private means of fasting. If you were inclined to do something, perhaps because you've fasted in the past uh, or you've not fasted in the past, but you're just wondering afresh about it, I do think that's fine. I'd encourage you to restrict it. And if it's something that you're new to, please, please, please give me a call and just let me know. And we can have a chat about it. And I hope to be able to provide some guidance, certainly well in advance of Good Friday, um, which, as I said, is the one day in the year where typically um, I and others in my immediate household have I've fasted to some small degree. I hope that's helpful. As ever, please don't hesitate to give me a shout if you have any questions about this or anything else that you hear on the podcast at All Saints. It's always great to hear from you. The Lord bless you, and bye for now.